Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And I got all of the gang with me today. So gentlemen, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, this is Rob Spikestra, the pastor of discipleship. Kevin Kenora, pastoral assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right, and this podcast is all about helping you. And by you, typically we mean our Sacred City Church members follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. But we also know we've got listeners uh, from around the country. And so we're really thankful for them as well. And this episode is going to be a little bit of an after-hours episode. It's going to be a follow-up yeah. because uh, we want to follow up lie number two, mm-hmm. which was th- that Christian parents believe that education is neutral or education is kind of open-handed. And we said, no, education is not open-handed. Mm-hmm. Education is actually a subset of discipleship. Yeah. yeah. And so parents are commanded by God to disciple their children and to educate them in a Christ-centered way, yep. okay? Now, we all I was trying to do in that um, episode was just lay out the biblical case, right? We didn't have time to answer all the what, what ifs or how do we apply this or this and that and the other thing. And, uh, and so this, that's what I want to chop it up. I want to yeah. talk about it. So we talked about a Christian education must be God-centered, that a Christian education must be taught by Christians, and a Christian, edu- Christian parents are responsible for providing their kids with a Christian education. Right? Now, immediately, people get r- riled up. They're fired up. Riled up. And they're like, well, Tate, uh, Alex is on there. Alex is on there. How, uh, why does Alex not say anything? And it's like, well, that's, that's easy. Like, Alex, tell me how you, how you educate your children. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. Jump we're gonna into jump it. right into it. Here we go. Might we're gonna well. jump that, right that. into it. Okay, so I mean, of course, as um, in the midst of this, as I got knowledge and and wisdom from pastors. So and, let me ask you this. Yep. Do you believe that all Christian parents need to provide their children with a Christian education? Yes. Okay. I do believe that. All right, there it is. So, <clears throat> how are you doing that? Yeah. So how I'm doing that is, of course, my two older um, boys. They're they're public school. Um, and with that, I mean, we talk about Christian teaching them and, and loving them well. And as their father figure, some of the stuff that I have to do, which a lot of people hate doing, is having the tough conversations late at night, right? And late at night is from anywhere from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, depending on <laughs> what this looks like to love my kids well. Because in the public school, I don't have to go into all the details. We, we have heard stories. We have seen um, stuff on the news, all the things um, that as a Christian young man, like, how do I, give me some language, dad. Uh, give me some language, mom. Like, help me walk this out so I don't look like an idiot at school, but then also so that I can continue to walk in my call as uh, a Christian young man. So, yeah. of course, we're walking through those pieces each time. And then also um, for Quincy, he goes to uh, private education. Cause I, like I said before, as I got wisdom, understanding like w- he's by himself. He doesn't have uh, a brother that's in school with him. So we don't want to send him out to the wolves. Mm. So with that, like we're sacrificing to send our uh, Quincy to a private school. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So, so you hear there, Alex um, chose early on and just didn't have much. He was just doing the best he could, right? Yeah, Made the best yeah, decision. Put his sure. oldest kids in, in public school. And actually, our kids were in the same class for a yeah, while. Yeah. Our kids were in the same class. Um, and uh, and now, as they've grown, he's, he's, he's kept them in there. But it requires... It requires a lot of supplemental yeah. education, mm-hmm. right? And even on top of the, the Christian piece, um, we saw some errors in our kids' learning. I mean, just because uh, now, um, in public schools... 
Um, they don't want to single kids out. So um, behavior um, for a lot of kids is just out of control and teachers can't really control them just because they don't have help and all the, the um, stuff that they got handcuffed with where they can't do, where we actually had to reach out to a tutor doctor. Um, that's the, the company, what it's called, and uh, bring them into our house and um, have them work with our kids where then like they see how they learn so that they can help them learn at a, a higher level when they're taking college classes and stuff like that. I, I have a question for you, Alex. Do, do, this, do your boys, your older boys who are in public school right now, do they come, they're coming to you with questions or is, is that typically how it's working for you? Well, of course I'm the youth guy. So I, I hear a little bit of everything. So like it's a both hand. Okay. It's both hands. So uh, they're asking me questions, and then also um, I'm, I'm asking them, hey, did you guys hear about this? Okay. You, are you guys aware of this? You know, keep your ears, keep your eyes open, keep your, you know, like hearts and, and everything on the foundation of uh, the foundation of Christ. So yeah. um, it's, it's a both hands. No, I think, I think a, a thing to just point out, you probably not are thinking about this, but you, you have already have a good relationship with your, your sons. Yep. And you're, you're invested in their lives outside of education. Yeah. So they feel like, you know, he's got a good relationship that they can ask those kind of questions. And so I yeah. think, you know, our Christian education is, we're, we're talking about really, you know, it is a subset of, of being a, a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. Part of that disciple making is just loving in our, our children and, yeah. and spending time with them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, listening of, to them, what, listening, and yeah, just, just picking up. You're, life, looking, yeah. you're looking at them and you're like, well, where'd that come from? Yeah. yeah. And then you're asking them, hey, where'd, where'd that come from? Yeah. Oh, Everybody's doing it, Dad. You know who's everybody? Oh, tell me. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to go look up this thing on TikTok. You got to go look up this yeah. thing on the YouTube that everybody. Yeah. And you're like, and you got to talk mm -hmm. about it or whatever it yeah. is or whatever the slang is or whatever the thing is. So two things there. Obviously, we're specifically focused on the Christian side of the education, but yeah. we want our kids to have a good education as well. Yeah. And the the schools are, uh, you know, the, they're they're failing. The schools yeah. are failing. Yeah. SAT scores are the lowest that they've been in like. 40 years or something that numbers just came out. Um, America is one of the worst uh, in the developed countries of the world in, in education. Yeah. Um, and it's because our system is broken and most of us don't know anything about that. But we're not really talking about that. We're, we're talking about the Christian side of things. We want our kids to be to receive a Christian education. So, yeah. so Alex made a couple different choices. One, he sent his older kids to public school before he knew anything about it really or knew any better. And now he's working <laughs> man, <laughs> really hard, like yeah. up till midnight, up till 1 a.m., often debunking th things that they're learning, teaching the Christian way of things. Yeah. Um, it just requires a lot of um, a lot of work, yeah. right? You got to tear some stuff down that they're mm -hmm. receiving and you got to add some stuff up that they're yeah. stuff in. That I think another key thing of what they're doing also is, um, of course, I got like, like Rob said, I have a relationship with my boys, um, but we also do a devotion together because I have all boys. And I actually let them read it on their own, and then they send me a uh, little paragraph of like what they learned from the devotion so that I can help them see and keep the gospel-centered worldview. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, even with that, they're going to youth group. They're sitting under Justin's uh, preaching. Um, they're, they're, they're jumping in from MC from time to time, different things like that where um, they're always growing in that, that gospel-centered way. Yeah. So – but then with Quincy, you chose uh, chose private school. Yeah, we weren't going to risk it. We weren't going to risk it. <laughs> we weren't going to risk a little okay. cute. <laughs> right, yeah. oh, oh. Sorry, Mikey and Cam. Cue's too precious. You got wisdom later. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you 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 receive new information. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we do, right? We yeah. That's what it means to be a disciple. You're mm -hmm. you're a constant learner. So yeah. you're learning some new things, and that you mm -hmm. decided to. Um, 
to make some make some changes. Right? And I think and I think even with that is like I mean of course our elders are pushing that and and letting us know and helping us be aware of all these things. But we didn't make a rash decision decision and just say all right we're taking all of our kids out. No that that wasn't the case. Like we, we prayed on it of course and we we talked through it with each other. What is that going to look like? Are we going to do private school? Are we going to do homeschool? Um, are we going to send them to some you know. Um, other elite, you know, higher level school, like what are we going to do? Um, and then also what can we sacrifice to be able to do these things? Because we're not just thinking about in the moment, we're thinking about in the, down the future, right? Because if we make this a standard now, um, we're going to make a standard for our grandkids. We're going to make it yeah. a, a standard yeah, moving forward. So yeah. it's so just not So you're building a, a legacy. Yeah. You're building a, so you didn't receive a, a great education, right? No, no. No. And so you want your kids to receive a better education than you did. Yes. And then you want that to keep building, yep. right? Same thing yep. with me. I, I, mm. I agree wholeheartedly. So you've made some sacrifices. You've got uh, Quincy in private school. Uh, he's going to be way smarter than all of his brothers. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, man, anybody could jump in. I feel like I'm getting an eldership uh, interview here. <laughs> yeah, like, is this guy ready? <laughs> so, but, I, but I want the reason I want to start with you is because, and this is what I want to bring up. I want to ask you this, actually. Do you think you could do this with your older boys, if you were still working your old job? No. It's not a... I think I was I was trying my hardest, but I wasn't... I was more of a, a not-as-loving father. Um, because, because back then, of course, I was making way more money, right? Um, but I was working uh, 10, 12 hours, you know, a lot of times opening up the facility, shutting down the facility, um, trying to, you know, hire people, trying to bring people in and working with temp services, different things like that, where it was taking a lot of my time where, um, then I, I wouldn't be able to be as engaged. Well, I just can't imagine. Could you stay up that late? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. could you, if you had that job yeah. that you're going to have to go work those 12 hour days, mm -hmm. <clears throat> could you stay up till 1am with your boys? Yeah. You know, that, I'm like, that would be very hard. I think, I think back then I was younger. Of course, like this oh, was yeah. probably, I was, I'm still, I'm still a youngster guy. So if you're on the podcast listening, you know, um, I'm still a youngster, but even then, you know, of, of course, uh, I was even younger than what I am now, but, um, I had a little bit more energy, you know, where I could do, do those things. But yeah. I think it would be really hard, really yeah. hard to do. So that's what I'm saying. The, 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 some people ask, can I send my kid to public school? And, and we're, we're like, yeah, of course you, you can. Should you? That's a different question. And it, it, and it, it is going to be based on there's a big difference between every public school in yeah. the Quad Cities, you know, mm -hmm. or every, across the country. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, pu you know, public schools in um, Podunk, Iowa that are holdover from the 1980s that yeah. everything is, they might even see, still say the Pledge of Allegiance. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. But so you got to evaluate what's going on with your public school and you got to be aware of what of what it is but here's what I'm trying to say it requires a lot of effort yeah to know where your kids at know what they're being educated know what they're being taught mm -hmm. and to counter all of that influence yeah. and if you're not if you can't stay up till 1am like yeah. if you if you don't have if your job is too you know too busy or whatever mm -hmm. then you've got to take that into account yeah you got to you got to like you said, count the cost. Yeah. Because I think what's cool that's too, what it requires. Yeah. To be able to really give your kid a Christian education while they're going to a public school, yeah. it's going to require hours and upon hours a week yeah. of your personal investment in mm. their discipleship. Yeah. And it's tough. And I think too, a lot of parents, um, you know, definitely if you're from your hometown, you feel like um, you owe them some type of, you know, um, assurance that you're going to send your kids to that school. 
you know, I grew up there. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to send my money there to the booster clubs. Mm. I'm going to go there. Like, this is where our roots are. But you, you, you owe them nothing. Like, you are first to be a father and a mother um, to your kids. And if you have a, a Christian background, of course, this is who, who this podcast is um, towards. Um, you should, your foundation should be a Christian education for your kids. Yeah, you owe them nothing. You're already giving them your tax dollars. Yeah, yeah. They're already Amen. getting... Whatever it is, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars per student. Yeah, they're they're already you've given them all you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay, so that's that's one avenue. Now, now we there's another avenue uh, to disciple your children. You can choose to. Uh, I'm gonna just go. I'll just go mine because you can choose a Christian school or what, what I what I've chosen a classical Christian school. Uh, the classical piece deals with the. Um, the quality of education, let's say, mm-hmm. it's going back to um, the way, really, the founding fathers were educated. If you want to get, if you want to get to that, um, being taught Latin, being taught, being taught ancient history, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I could go in grammar, logic, rhetoric, and I could go in all that, but I'm not going to. But then, everything from a Christian worldview, mm-hmm. you know, everything from science to math to philosophy um, to economics, everything from a Christian worldview, and that's what we've chosen for our our children. We we think it's the best option for us as we've got five kids and we're, we're really busy. And before um, you get there though, like, like you did for me. Um, so of course our kids were in the same school, right? We're like, Hey, we're going to be on mission to Davenport schools. Like our kids are going to be in the same classes, same school. Like, and then like something switched, like, you know, like where'd that happen for you? Because everybody heard little pieces of what happened for me. Yeah, sure. So I, I was a watchdog dad and I, I went in to, to help, to be a teacher's helper yeah. for my kid's school. And it was the best, one of the best schools in Davenport, they said at the time. And I went in and my kid, my, you know, man had stayed at home immediately or stayed at home since uh, the day that uh, Javin was born. She became a stay at home mom and she had done a great job mainly teaching him how to read, teaching, you know, all that kind of stuff. And this, I think was, kin- this was kindergarten and we go in and Javin can already read. And I go in to be a watchdog dad and I see Javin, Put off into the corner to play to play by himself because he can already he already knows all his stuff and he can already read. And they ask me to work with the five kids in the back who don't even know their letters. Mm-hmm. And and the and so I'm working with the real trouble kids. The teachers got kind of the the other kids that are kind of like kids. yeah they're middle middle of the road. And and immediately I was like I was like oh this this is weird. Like yeah. Javin is literally just playing. He's just going to church to play. Going to school to play. Yeah, going to yeah. school. I'm sorry. Going to school to play, and and then I start seeing at home wild behavior, like just yeah. blurting things out, doing silly stuff, and I'm going, what what's going on here, right? And then I couldn't figure it out. And then I go the next time to be a watchdog dad, and now I see Javin doing that kind of stuff, and then he'd get the teacher's attention, and she would laugh, and the other kids would laugh, and I'd go, oh. Last clown. My kid. Well, I was, but my mm-hmm. kids. My kids off in the corner, getting no attention because yeah. he can already read. And in order to get any attention from his classmates or his teacher, he's got to act the fool. And immediately, I was like, "Nope." Mm-hmm. And that was it. Sure. And I pulled him out, and we decided to homeschool. That's mm-hmm. what we decided to do. And I bought a book called mm-hmm. "The Well-Trained Mind," and that's where I learned about classical education, the yeah. well-trained mind, because that this homeschooler was teaching that. And um, and then I. Uh, I read a few books by Doug Wilson. One was Standing on the Promises. That's got a whole section on education. And then he's got two books on uh, recovering classical education. And then I preached a sermon 
and where I was making fun of, uh, of Christian schools and how weird most of them are. And Dr. Casey Shutt was in, in attendance and he <laughs> took me out to lunch and said, I agree with your stuff about most Christian schools are weird, but, but let me show you this school that I'm a part of, which is the classical Christian school. Mm. And I was like, there's a classical Christian school in Davenport? Like, no, it's in Bettendorf. But, but you lived here your whole life, yeah, didn't know. Didn't know. That's important. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. <clears throat> and so so then rubbing shoulders with Casey as the headmaster of the classical of Morningstar Classical Christian School. Um, that's where I and then I was like, we're gonna do this. And at that time I we couldn't afford it. Um, it was so what I had to do was I had to take a side job. And I, I took a side job. I could do construction, so I took a side job and I raised the, the money and I, boom, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I paid for a year yeah. uh, for my kid to go and we tested it out and then once we got in it, we saw the fruit of it. Yeah. Like, I am jealous of the education that my, my, my kids get. Yeah. <laughs> like, ancient, ancient history, reading the classics, reading all the books that I wish I would have read. This summer, my son was reading um, <clears throat> The City of God by St. Augustine. He's like, Dad, do you have the books... The City of God by St. Augustine. I'm like, actually, I'm reading it right now, son. Here it is. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, I need it for school. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Sophomore in high school, and he's reading this. But, but I think that's important, though, because a lot of people may, you know, hear you say stuff from the stage, hear stuff on this podcast, and sometimes we don't go into a lot of detail about, like, why we're thinking and why we saw this and why Scripture has revealed this and all these different things is because a lot of people don't know your, your at-home struggle, the, the things that you're walking through. And it's not just that, you know, you read this one text and it's like, oh, now everyone needs to do this. And, you know, you're pushing this agenda and they're just like, oh, he's just doing that because he's a pastor. Right. So, and, that, and that's not true. No, I think God, we believe in progressive revelation, right? Yeah. God progressively reveals himself to us through scripture, right? And we believe in progressive sanctification where mm-hmm. we, we learn new things and we grow. And so for me, I was a Christian before I learned the doctrines of grace. Yeah. But once I learned the doctrines, doctrines of grace and, and the, the five solas, my mind exploded. And I was like, oh my goodness, God is sovereign. It's amazing. And then, you know, and, and I, once I, once my eyes were open to, um, the, the importance of Christian education, it it felt like that as well. It felt just like, whoa. And then, and I see it all over text, you know, discipleship and education. Mm -hmm. So we, we've had to make significant, I mean, I mean, my bill for classical education is the second highest bill in my house. You know, it's mm. like it's like my mortgage and my and my kids' school and then my tithes. You know, mm. like so it's it's a it's a big commitment. It, it literally lowers our our class of living, you know, like our our income class. It lowers us. And for the first seven years, I had I think it was seven, I had to take a, a second job every single time in order to do it. Yeah. Um, and then and because it was basically just one time payment, you know, I was mm-hmm. just doing the one and then eventually I just said, oh, okay, I gotta break this up into twelve and yeah. and do it on a monthly basis. But But I hope people are hearing this because like if we could just pause for a second, like our head pastor is working hard, right? But he also took a like, you know, a second job to and a lot of people don't know these things, right? I mean, they're just thinking like, oh, he just reads some books. And he, and he's just hanging out smoking stoves. Oh, that sounds like my dream job. <laughs> and, and like and not doing much, you know. But like you're making sacrifices, like you're telling the people to make sacrifices. Yeah, because it's it's important, and it's my kids' education, and it's 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 our family's future. Like yeah. I, I am, I want my kid to. So this I, I set Javin down. We were, we were just talking last week, and I said, "Hey, bud." Because he's telling me about what he's learning all stuff, and I'm just like, I'm literally, literally jealous, mm-hmm. literally jealous. He correct, dude. I have terrible grammar. Yeah, I cannot. I don't know the parts of a sentence. 
<laughs> I know what an adjective is and a noun, but you start adverbs, and I, I am yeah. I am dumb. Okay, yeah. I don't know any of this. And so they Javin helps all of our other students or all of their kids, you know. And I looked at him. I said, "Bud, this is what Jesus says: mm-hmm. to whom much is given, mm-hmm. much is required." Yeah, we're making a huge investment in your education, and we're expecting return on yeah. that. Hey, you're paying him to tutor your other kids. <laughs> not only that, <laughs> help me out. Not only that, but well, this is what I mean. I'm expecting him to come back to the Quad Cities. I'm expecting him to invest here to yeah. make our church a better church. You know what I mean? To mm-hmm. use his gifts here to whatever career God leads him to do. My daughters are already talking about wanting maybe to, to be teachers and, and even come back and could teach at Morningstar. Yeah. Like I want my kids to be thinking long term. They're getting better educations than, than their parents did, and then we're gonna because. Hey, listen, Morningstar is not, not a perfect school. There's lots of things there that need uh, renewal and revival and reformation, and we're seeking to do that. And we want to make, I want Morningstar to be a better school in 10 years than it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want things to get better. And I want it to be better in 40 years than it is now when hopefully my kids are all a part of it and they've got their kids going to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I'm making these investments now to shape a legacy yeah, to shape the, the future of, of, of our kids. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine what our church will be like if we've got that type of Christian educated kid yeah. now with their kids here, mm-hmm. right? Now MC leaders are not a problem because <laughs> these people have got a Christian worldview, right? So that's, that's the goal. So we've chosen that. That's one avenue. Uh, choose, you know, classical Christian school. There's a huge revival all across the country in classical education. Um, there's a, 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 a um, a survey out, not a survey, but a what, what's that thing called right there? A uh, yeah, well, it wasn't a survey; it was a study. It a was study. actually there a study is. done. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. by um, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame yep. did a study yep. on the life outcomes of different students, and they studied twenty-four to thirty-year-olds, yeah. and they studied ACCS, Academy of Classical Christian Schools, um, accredited classical Christian schools, mm-hmm. and they compared it to homeschool regular Christian school, private school, and public school. And, and I'll just tell you right now, Morningstar is not an ACCS accredited school. I, I hope they're going to be. We've got people on the board that are, that are trying to move them in that direction. But an ACCS school, listen to this number right here. Out of all the people that they surveyed, 90% of the 24 to 30-year-olds, 90% of them were active in their church between three or at least three times a month. At least three times a month. Yeah. Now compare that to the average, supposed Christian, twenty-four to thirty-year-old, and less than fifty percent go to church. Mm-hmm. That were raised in a Christian home, less than fifty percent of them go to church three times a week. Fifty mm. percent ACCS school, ninety percent. Mm. Now, there, there, the the statistics are. You can look it up. It's called uh, Good Soil. Um, and just classic, you know, ACCS survey. It's absolutely fascinating the way they engage in the city, the way they lead in their careers, the education they got, how prepared they were for college. Yeah. It's just, so what I'm trying to say is though you can, you, you, you can choose different approaches. All approaches do not have equal outcomes. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is a a statistical study that you can look at that just, that proves it. All right. Um, there is a classical difference with ACCS schools that is outstanding. So, so you got public school with a lot of supplemental work. You've got 
a classical Christian school and I still do supplemental work. I still do devotions with my kids. I still mm-hmm. constantly involve with them, asking the questions because there's kids at the, the, the Christian school too who aren't Christian. There are kids there that got worldly parents that let them have TikTok and let them do all kinds of silly stuff. Yeah. So we, we're still having all the conversations that you that you have to have. But I, I, I don't have to stay up till 1 a.m. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to bed at 10. I'm going to bed at 10. Uh, and so let's just say there's probably a third approach mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And the third approach is homeschool. Yeah. Have you ever homeschooled? Yeah, we homeschooled. We homeschooled for the first, uh, all the way up through sixth, seventh grade with our oldest. And then we moved him into a classical Christian school. Actually, we met, that's when we moved into a classical Christian school. But we, we homeschooled. And we, we did it. Uh, we actually were, and our kids were in public school for just a short period of time. And, and our story is simply that my, uh, my second son uh, was in kindergarten and he was being counseled without our knowledge. And so they were taking him out of his class. They were taking him to the school counselor. And I don't know what the school counselor was telling him, uh, but we found... <laughs> we Probably found that he is a noble a savage. He's a savage. He is a sinless, perfect little <laughs> snowflake yes. that his parents are corrupting him yes. and raising him in a patriarchal... Just Christian in case way. people don't know, that's the fourth lie that we are dealing yeah. with in another podcast. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, so when I found that out, that was disturbing because we were in a small... Nebraska, we're talking, you know, Midwest town that you wouldn't think that things like that would go on. I didn't think that would go on. That really opened our eyes to think, you know, wait a minute, that's not their responsibility. We have a responsibility that's, you know, that we're the ones that are mainly responsible and they weren't telling us. So we started uh, investigating what were options. We didn't have many options in that little community except for, uh, you know, we, we had thought, well, we, we need to homeschool then. Uh, this is the only option we have at this point. So we we homeschooled and um, recognized that our that we're responsible, you know, as parents, and we need to. And that my wife could, and of course, when I say we, I use that the royal we. I was the one who yeah. was. Uh, my wife was really the one doing the hard work of, so of building did, into their lives. But, was Tamara working at the time? She was not. Oh, okay. She was okay. not. And I, you know, as I've been listening to all of you know, kind of our, our what we've been saying here is that uh, we you do have to think in long term. You have to think in. in large perspectives of what's most important about your life. And so one is that our, my wife did not work. We never had in our mindset that we'd have two incomes within our family. We, we made a determination before we had children that, we, that once we had children, she would stay at home through their, through their time and their, their childhood um, and through, through, edu- you know, through their educating years, um, not knowing what we were getting ourselves into. But, but that got our... That got our cost of living or what our standard of living, that's the word I'm looking for, our standard of living, that, that makes a difference. You know, you just have in your head, there's, there's a particular standard of living that we have to have. Uh, and really, you know, even when you think about private school, um, if you think far enough in advance, you can start already budgeting for that before you have children to always be setting a little bit aside for their education. So there's a thing out there called the 529. Every state has one. 529. If you started putting just a little bit of money into your 529 and you started, in a sense, paying yourself tuition dollars every year, you could get yourself set up so that you know, you got, if you got to is a point. Is that tax-free then? It is, yeah. 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 And so if you did that, you, uh, you know, it, can be, it can be used for K through 12 or it can be used for college. So you get your grandparents in, in on board on that one. You know, you can get people pouring money into a little bucket. And if you get your budget set up in advance before you have children that you're setting money aside, uh, that can give you a lot of different options in terms of as they get, you know, as they so go So just 
young men that are listening to this, yeah. maybe you're not even married yet. <clears throat> How about not waste your money, right, mm-hmm. on silly things? Mm-hmm. How about you start planning even now yeah. for the day you're going to have kids and start saving and start investing in, in a 529 or mm-hmm. young, young parents that don't have any children yet? How about instead of buying that bigger house or instead of buying that fancier car, you choose to live in a more modest house and a more modest car in order to start funneling money over that 529. So then when 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 it when the time comes, you've actually got some money there. Yeah. I mean that's that's wisdom. It's it's really about it's really about thinking in the long term of what what do I really want in the long term? And what unfortunately what we get raised with, particularly within our culture, is you know the the best, the fastest, the, you know the newest, is kind of the is the kind of the mindset. And so yeah. then what's it require? It requires two incomes to get that done. All of a sudden you get yourself in a standard of living where yeah. you to all of a sudden you get children and think, oh no, you've got to bring down. It's so much harder to bring your standard of living down. But if you can start off, you know, really kind of keeping your head on and mm. really thinking, what do I really want to leave? And I, I love the word you're using, legacy. You know, a legacy. In the end, if we begin to think clearly, that's what we want. We want to bring. We want to have a legacy. Can I, I ask you a question here? Hold Rob? on one second. When oh, I was reading, when I was reading um, um, John Adams, the the, the biography of yes. John Adams. Yeah, right. John Adams, when he was teaching his kids, he, one of the things he was saying to his kids, and I can't remember if it was four or five, but he was saying, "Son." We are, we are the fifth generation of Adams, fourth or fifth generation of Adams on this American soil. Mm-hmm. And we've never been beggars. We've never take, taken an unethical loan. Mm-hmm. We are uh, Christians. We are, uh, mm. I, I can't remember if he was Anglican or if he was, or if he was a Presbyterian, but they were, uh, or what he was, but he was, you know, the, he, he had this like leg, he was like in their mind, like they were all lawyers, they were all educated, mm. they worked the land at the same time, so they, they had a farm, and he was educated, and you know, I think he went to Harvard, I think is where he went, but he just he had five generations, and he would say, we've never been in jail, we've never, mm. like, we've never been like drunkards, we've never lost one of our, like none of our kids ever went out, uh, sadly one of his kids did end up dying uh, from alcohol poisoning. Uh, that kind of went off, but that was mainly because he was, Adams was away in Europe uh, for years while that kid was being developed. But anyways, he just, he had that, that Adams family had that legacy of just like, we're hard workers, we're highly educated, we love Jesus, we go to church every Sunday, and it just, it went for five generations. You know what I mean? It's Impressive. All right, what's your question? Uh, uh, The question was, um, well, for for me, like, I I grew up in a church, right, in this church with Justin being my youth pastor and following him along. Um, But, like, where do you you get all this knowledge from? Because you're automatically saying, you know, this this 529, you're talking about, you know, making sure your your wife is going to stay home. Like, like how are you getting this knowledge, you know, to be able to make these decisions? Well, with regards to the 529, I mean, that was something that I learned too late. Mm. And I wish I would have known earlier. Mm. I wish I would have started saving money earlier mm-hmm. and, and set up my, you know, and, and we, thankfully, we were, you know, when you talk about my, we were, we were raised in a place in a, in, a, in a church that just that would they they place a high emphasis on mothers staying at home. So by mm. the grace of God, you know that I I, I received that, mm-hmm. and so we we already had already determined there was only a certain amount of income that was going to come in. It was going to be a single person income, my income, whatever I made, and we were going to have to live within the context of that. What yeah. I wish I would have known is what we were just talking about earlier. Is that I wish I would have started saving in advance of, of mm. thinking through in advance of. Really, probably at the time I I still didn't know. 
you know, I didn't even think about homeschooling. I didn't think about private school. I, public school. I was raised in a public. You know, I got. Yeah. You know, yeah. I grew up in a public school, so I wasn't really thinking in those I terms. I didn't turn but, out that bad. Yeah, I didn't turn out that bad. Well, <laughs> listen uh, to our but, last but I, I would have. I would. I, even then, I wish I would have understood the, the simple concept of you know compound interest. Uh, you yeah. know, where if I would have started saving even even a little bit right away, it would have made a huge difference down down the road. So, um, and, and I, I only think of that because I know we have. You know, we do have families that don't make a lot of money. And so then what do they do? You know, how do they, how do they manage? And I would say homeschooling was a good, it's a good option as long as you have others who can help you. As long as you have a community of homeschooling parents who can kind of hold you accountable to some level. Uh, you know, that, and then that's an option if you don't have the money to go to private school. You can you can do it within your home. There's a lot of helps out there now, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of there's, and there's even a lot of cooperatives now that are out there mm-hmm. that used to not be out there. So, you know, there there is a way to do this if if you don't have a lot of money either, yeah. you know, to to educate your children mm-hmm. in, in a Christian way, or as you've pointed out, uh, you know, public school. As long as you are really pressing mm-hmm. in on what's going on in that public school and really yeah, and, and don't effort. and don't take that as just a, I don't think it's a universal like. Like there, there, there are op, there are times where public school should not be an option. No, that's right. Like you, you should you should look and evaluate and go. Oh, there's no way I could send my kid to that school. Yeah. That yeah. school. There's, yeah. there's, that should be a real possibility. Now, I know people always push back and say, "Okay, well, what about the single mom? And what right. about this? And what about that?" Those are those are really difficult cases, right? Yeah. Now, I want you to know, one of the reasons that that this is a major problem is because we have. A government that has gotten so big and it is, it's gone, gone, it's swelled and it's, it's, it's got out outside of its banks and it's taking way more than it should from mm-hmm. your paychecks. Like most of us are, it's taking 50% of our paychecks yeah. and then it's basically using it for whatever it wants to use it on. Sure. Right. And terrible public schools is one of them. Mm-hmm. So I know there's legislation in Iowa that's being debated and they're trying to get pushed through that would allow us. Thankfully, we have a Republican governor that's working on this that, that would allow us to use yeah. our tax dollars f- wherever we want it yeah. Yeah. and whatever school we want it. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. You could use your tax dollars to put your kid in, mm. in private school or yeah. classical Christian school or whatever. Like that's the kind of stuff we need to be, we need to be pushing yeah. for. Yeah. Because, um, again, this is part of our government talk, but when, when government thinks it's bigger than God... Mm it swells to nearly the size of God, yeah. you know, like, because it just takes on more and more and more things. And everybody begins to look to the government as if they're looking to their God. Yeah. Right. And so we need a smaller government. Mm-hmm. We need more of our money back in our pocket so that we can have the freedom to put that money towards the education of our children. Mm-hmm. Right. right? That's good. And so, um, there are opportunities for, so if, if you're a parent that is wanting to, educate your children in, in a homeschool environment or classical Christian environment or something like that, but you don't know how you could ever make it happen. Mm-hmm. Meet with one of the pastors. Yeah. We would love to meet with you and yeah. see, see if we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's it's brainstorming how to make a little bit extra money. Maybe it's yeah. brainstorming how to sell a few things, mm-hmm. how to downsize. Maybe it's finding a partnership yeah. or finding a scholarship because there's scholarships. Hey, I, my kids get scholarships at, at even at Morningstar, you know? Yeah. Um, there's there's different things like yeah, that. Yeah, and I would say so. You know, my I I was with the headmaster at Morningstar for, for a time, and one of the things I always told parents who were uncertain if they could afford it, I said, 
try. Go, I mean, don't don't just make the assumption that that you won't get help. I, I always encourage them to apply because there were ways that we could help people. Particularly, you know, there was a desire and a heart for single moms and to what can we do to make it work for this particular mom? Because uh, we saw them as one who is really in a more mm. challenging position probably than anybody else. And so, you know, at least at least investigate, find out how much help you can get, find out who would like to come alongside. Sometimes churches will come alongside. Sometimes you have grandparents who will. It's amazing what grandparents will do because they've gone, they're way down the, long, down the road. They've got extra income. They're looking at their grandchild and they're thinking, I don't want my grandchild to be messed up like mm-hmm. I messed up my children. You know, a lot of them yeah. have learned a lesson yeah. and yeah. They, they want to come alongside. So there's other people who can help out. So I, I would just encourage, you know, yeah, check it out. At least check it out. Don't just make an assumption you can't afford it or it, you can't get the help you need. So what yeah. do we say to, uh, I think we... Um, I've heard it multiple times talking about stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home moms. Um, Are we saying, like, moms can't work from home? Or are we saying, like, moms can work from home, but it's good for you guys to, you know, um, you can work from home for a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of people that's working from home nowadays, but you can also keep an eye on your kids, and your kids aren't somewhere else for 15 hours a day. And then, you know, you come home and spend only two hours with them, then they they go to sleep. Yeah. So, great questions. And I I would say that, you know, again, I I, I can't just... Mm-hmm. Uh, make a statement. I can make a statement on a podcast, but I don't know every, you know, it, it's going to be so dependent on that person. Like sure. it's going to be hard. Um, it depends on like, can you work from home and uh, homeschool? Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Not eight hours a day. You can't work eight hours a day. You know, like yeah. your, ki- your kids can't educate themselves. They can't just have mm-hmm. a book and go to the kitchen and, and get it done. Um, so if, can you have a part-time job from home? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, while you're, while you're, homeschooling your kids for sure mm-hmm. um could you have a full-time job from home probably not unless you had a very specific you know very flexible job and stuff yeah. um so yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah the one the one nice thing that we found with homeschooling is what you could you could get done usually we could get a lot of our education done in the morning yeah if yeah. we started right away got going about eight o'clock and we could get done about noon one o'clock just purely because you don't have you just only have a few kids there. I mean, you can really focus. You can keep them focused. Well, you don't have the, all the fluff. You, yeah. You don't you know, have all the fluff yeah. of school. Recess. Yeah, yeah recess. <laughs> staying in line. You got lunch. You got standing in lines. You yeah. got study yeah. halls. There's a whole bunch of things you've going got, on. Yeah. You've got, you know, all you know, all kind of just goofy stuff that going on. So you yeah. cut out all that fluff yeah. and you, you you get it down. It's three, four hours and boom, you, you knocked it out. And now yeah. then your kids, can, you know, can go read or learn an instrument. Because that's the other thing. The scheduling of that is really nice, yeah. Yeah. you know? Uh, where For me, since my kids are going to a private school, the a- extracurriculars on top of everything, he wants to have a job, it's really hard to do yeah. anything else. And he's got a lot of homework. It's mm-hmm. Classical Christian school has a lot of homework. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a rigorous, it's rigorous. Yeah. So, I mean, literally a couple hours a night yeah. at least. So uh, on top of all of his extracurriculars, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I, we <laughs> the beauty of also with homeschooling is that you got some flexibility, so that right now you you have you have families who are going on vacation right now because yeah. now they can go to vacation for cheaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're doing some things, and there's not many crowds, that kind of thing. So there yeah. is some there is some oh, yeah. advantage Benefits. for uh, <laughs> with uh, with uh, homeschooling. So Christian educate <laughs> all Christians must. Educate their children in a Christian worldview. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And now we've given you three kind of options, and there's there, there's there's more out there, but we're giving you three big buckets. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could try to supplement and do the, 
do Alex's way. You can <laughs> got Alex's way. You got Justin's way. You got Rob's way. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you got, you know, you've, you got assessing the the current public school that you're in, mm-hmm. and then knowing what your kids and putting all the time in and supplementing and all that and staying up to one a.m. more than likely and yeah. all that. You got the classical approach. You got a homeschool approach. Those are pro- those are the three biggest buckets I think that, mm-hmm. that most pe- people will find themselves in. But there could be more. And so um, again, you got questions on this? Email us. Let us know. I would love to help to help, and all the pastors would love to help because we're mm-hmm. we're passionate about seeing our children. Um, we want ninety percent of our children to be raised in the church, right? And yeah. just come back to the church and and not walk away from the faith, yeah. right? And we think education has a big piece and a big part to play with that. So, all right. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Mm-hmm.